welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves where this conversation takes place. Land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm talking to Nabil Ansari. Nabil is the loveliest man. I've been following him for a while on Instagram and of course I'd heard about him when he did Ansari at Home, a pop-up over lockdown where he cooked Indian food for his neighbours and then it went gangbusters. As always, it was such a pleasure to talk to someone who's so passionate about what he does. From deciding he wanted to cook, leaving Dubai and coming to Australia where he knew no one but wanted to go to William Anglis, it feels as though Nabil has made strong connections and beautiful friends in hospitality and beyond. Having worked at the European in Sunda, Nabil was ready to stretch his wings and take on the role of head chef at Firebird. I reckon he's definitely one to watch and I loved that I got to meet and chat with him. Thank you for coming. Thank you. I was so excited because I've been following you on yeah, Instagram. <laughs> and, um, and you've been doing so many great things. So, um, yeah, sadly yeah. I can't come to the lunch next week. Yeah. But um, then I was it's like... the week after. Oh, the week after, yeah. I'll, yeah. Be, t- I'll be teaching. But, um, okay. but um, yes. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear well, your story. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you can come back when it's all launched. Absolutely. lunch. So I came so, to the launch of Firebird a few years ago, yeah. um, and I don't know whether it's changed direction or whether you will change direction for well, it. Or yeah, I can, we can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start. Yeah. Uh, so the direction of the restaurant is still the same. Uh, so we're still doing uh, Vietnamese food, yeah. uh, but I think the difference over here is we're trying to do Vietnamese, not trying, but we are doing Vietnamese and French because of the French influence. Yeah. Uh, so there was a little bit of French influence uh, before when they started uh, the restaurant, but uh, one of the reasons I took the job was put in more of the French influence into... And that's because of working at the European? Yeah, yeah. so obviously I learned a lot at European and then when I moved to Fire, oh sorry, Sunda Dining, over there also like the purees and everything, the sauces were actually made the French way. Uh, like making a duck stock or a chicken stock and then you have your base stock, then you put curry paste into it and reduce it and it becomes like a curry duck or a lamb jus. Yeah. So over here as well it's the same. Uh, we have the Vietnam our core core flavors are Vietnamese, but we do use a lot of French techniques yeah. in uh, finishing the dish. A good example would be the duck. The new duck dish is going to be actually the 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 brining of the duck is all Asian flavor, Vietnamese flavor, I would say, with a lot of pandan, lemongrass, ginger, and orange. Mm. Uh, but the French influence is the way the duck jus is made. Okay. It's made like the traditional way. We start off by uh, making a chicken stock, uh, roasted chicken stock, and then we reduce that. We put in uh, duck bones into it, then reduce that again, 
and then flavor the while flavoring it we flavor flavor with a little bit of oyster sauce soy sauce and uh, some Vietnamese five spice mix into that as well and it's getting served with actually a radicchio salad which is again very French so it's uh, got radicchio coriander uh, leaves into it and orange segments mm. so it's a mix of uh, both French and Vietnamese so that I, I think uh, is going to be very interesting and more flavorful because there are a lot of beautiful uh, Vietnamese restaurants around in Melbourne uh, but no one's doing French and Vietnamese together. It's so true. I was just talking to yeah. someone the other day about Hanoi. I went to Hanoi in, um, well, I went to Vietnam in 2014 and I'm yeah. a French teacher. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so when I was wandering on Hanoi and just admiring the architecture, I got lost. Yeah. And, um, and an older lady came up to me and she asked me in French, yeah. Vous êtes perdu? Are you lost? And I was just like, I just love that she didn't ask me in English, she asked me in French. It was so great. So um, that's, yeah. an, that's an interesting point. Yeah. 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 So, so you've changed the menu? Yes. Uh, so the Firebird restaurant, uh, when they first opened, they had a couple of dishes, uh, which is still on the menu. So one of the old dishes was the scotch egg. Uh, so we are still keeping the scotch egg as it is, but we are just adding a little bit more uh, chive satay into the mix. So there are a few recipes like I think that on this menu we have we plan to go ahead with 21 dishes. Out of 21 dishes, we are still keeping two of the firebird dishes. Mm. Uh, one of them being the scotch egg. Yeah. Uh, second being the chicken. Uh, it's a whole marinated chicken. Uh, we brine it and then we marinate it in uh, ginger, galangal and onion marinade and it gets served with burnt chili lukman and it's, I think it should stay on the menu, yeah. it's delicious and I don't want to change that. So there's two dishes which are still staying and then the rest of the dishes are changing. So, yeah. And I guess... Um, well, I'll go back to the start of your career yeah. in a minute, but I guess why why now move to Firebird? Why, why? for you? Oh, so, a good question. Many people ask me this question, actually. Uh, because I was at uh, Sundar for four and a half years. Um, started with Sundar when they first opened, uh, literally the second week. And uh, I started from almost from the bottom, I remember, and then moved all the way to Chef. And uh, it was good. Um, I was uh, in Sunda, and with Khan's help, I was running Sunda for uh, for almost two years. Because he, when he opened Aru, he got busy with Aru, and uh, I was at Sunda. So that had already given me more exposure in terms of leadership. And the next uh, goal I had was, or challenge I wanted to challenge myself was to look into a new job where I could be more of a leader and running a kitchen. So this job came up uh, through a friend's reference and they're like, oh, Firebird is looking for a new head chef. Uh, it's more about team building because the restaurant was always been busy and uh, the menu was still working, is still working actually and we have always been busy, good feedback. And I think so the main reason for taking this job was to grow my leadership skills and it was more about okay you have a team uh, you have to start them training them uh, so I took this job in September 
end of September, yeah. And it was more about, okay, so here's my team, how I can uh, make them. It's very hard, like a chef can have a very good recipe and his food can be solid. But the hard part is he's not going to cook every day. He has to have a strong team who can cook for him. Exactly right. So, yes, the chef can taste everything. But uh, when it comes to cooking, it's his team cooking for him. Uh, so the first uh, the first couple of weeks was more about like setting up the kitchen how I would like. So which we did that. The second uh, since they went, the main focus was uh, changing the team culture, building the team, hiring, and giving them a guide where to start. So which we have achieved. <laughs> well done. Well done. Yeah, we have a solid uh, team of uh, eight chefs, yeah. uh, which is pretty good for that. Feels team. like a luxury. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From you know? what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's just about like training because they had this thing. Uh, oh, I come from a fine dining restaurant, and this is more of a casual. Uh, but I think so. Your standards remain the same. Let it be fine dining, or let it be casual. Uh, chef should have his own standards. And uh, that's that's it. We started building our standards. Okay, this is the way we are going to do things from now. Uh, and slowly, slowly getting into the rhythm and understanding, making the team understand what, okay, why we are doing like this. So that was a long process, but a very good process, I would say. So yeah. Yeah. And how did you know how to do that? Because I guess um, does I mean does being a leader come naturally to you? Oh, oh it comes from my dad, I would say. Uh, <laughs> and it, I'm more of a, I love cooking, but I love people. Yeah. And I like, uh, my thing, uh, what I really enjoy is sharing, uh, sharing my skills with others. Because over here, it was more like, oh, I wouldn't want to work in a fine dining restaurant because I'm not good. Uh, I wouldn't have the skills. And I'm like, oh, it all starts from the basic. They use simply like they use the same chopping boards. They have their own knives, and it starts with basic. That's all you need, and it's how you develop those skills. Eventually, can make you a good chef. So it was just about like sharing those things, what I've learned in my past experience, and uh, yeah, in the end, just share, share, share. And mm. now they all are loving the culture we have. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's about trust as well. I was listening yeah. to you say before, you know, you can't be here every day, so you have to trust that your team yeah. are going to do it, but they have to trust you yeah. enough to want to do that. Exactly. Don't they? And it was more about like bringing back that passion yeah. of cooking. Because I think so, what has happened uh, over the lockdowns and uh, closures, people have, well, everyone wants to make money. That's true. That should be good. That to survive, you need to make money. But I think people, well, what I have seen is people got a bit sidetracked. It's like, yes, I want to make money, but I don't have a passion in doing this job, but I want the money. So that's a hard spot to be in. So the first thing I did was I listened, okay, yeah, you want money? This group is good, we'll pay you. But at the same time, we need to build that passion. There's no point you coming here just doing what I tell you and going out. It's not going to get you anywhere. Mm. So if we can offer you this much money, imagine if you are able to do some more extra work and down the track, you'll actually make more money. 
uh, it's uh, one of the things I always say is like, yeah, you have to do what I ask you to do, but you need to think why I'm asking you to do it. Because if I keep on telling you to do things, you'll just do it. But in the end, you're not growing. You're just following my order. So we have got into this habit where we listen to each other and then we kind of question back each other as well. Okay, so I'm going to use this garnish, but what is this garnish going to do on the plate? And then we ask every each other person. So even this whole menu which I'm doing, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I've never been to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've not got much Vietnamese exposure, but I have two Vietnamese chefs. So it was more about like, okay, we have to do this menu. I need all your help to do this. Yeah. And in the end, we can work together and come up with a recipe. So that was really good. That was really fun. And then I can already see like everyone's just motivated as well. And there's a passion. It's like, oh, sure, you should put this garnish on. I think it's better. Oh, no, you should do this. So it was more of a teamwork rather than just, oh, yeah. I Having said that, I did have a menu before I took the job. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a, the head chef here. I think I should just have a menu ready to go for me. And uh, I did send the menu to the directors and the executive chef. And they're like, yeah, that's good. Let's do it. And then as soon as I got in, I didn't think anyone was ready for it. Because no one, like, many people don't like change. I love change. (laughs) I'm all for it. But reading the room over here, many people were not happy. And then it's like, okay, if I keep changing and then I'm going to lose stuff as well. So it was like, okay, you know what, scrap that menu. Just, I literally threw it away. And then we were like, oh, we're going to just run with this current menu and make small baby steps to change. And now, yeah, we finally decided the 7th of February is going to be the big menu change. Yeah. And uh, every, even the chefs, all of them are super excited to go into it. Yeah. It makes sense though, doesn't it, to come to, to, to bring that forward as a team rather than yeah. a new person coming in. And, yeah. I mean, I can see how that would be yeah. discordant. Exactly. <laughs> because I have chefs who have been here since opening. Uh, three years and it's I could see it on the face that they were not ready to accept me but at the same time they did give me a chance it was like some people say let them leave but for me it's like oh they've already spent so much time here they probably know the kitchen more than I do yeah which is true that they might not be the highest uh, graded chefs in the kitchen but they have they're used to the environment, they know how things operate and it's good to have such people on your team. Yes. Uh, so it was good to listen to them where they are coming from and then take those steps. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we have, I think so we have made very, very good success uh, to where we have come. Oh, done. Yeah. <laughs> how exciting. Yeah. Where did your passion come from? Do you have uh, early food memories? <laughs> Yeah, it all comes from family, I guess. Uh, coming, like growing up, I grew up in Dubai. Uh, Dubai in India. I didn't. We used to go India only once a year during like school summer holidays. Uh, growing in Dubai was good over there. I got exposed to Indian food a lot because my pa- my parents would cook at home, but they would be like, "Oh, let's go to restaurants here and there," and it would always be Indian restaurants. Uh, so that's I got, and my dad loved, my mom, mom and dad both loved eating outside. So we would go to restaurants a lot. That's when I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. 
but coming from Indian uh, background, it was more like, oh, you have to become a doctor or an accountant or, or an engineer. So that was always the end. But then I was like, oh, you know what? I don't want to become any of those. I want to become a pilot. And uh, I did apply to a couple of schools. I did get in, but it was just too hard for me. And again, there was no passion when I started doing it. It, all, it sounds good that oh, I want to do this, I want to do this. But when I started doing it, I was just like, oh, I'm not going for this anymore. And I dropped out. And in the meantime, my mom had a small catering business. And that's where I started uh, helping her and learning more about cooking. And Indian cooking, I would say. Uh, from a particular region or is it? Uh, so my parents and all are from the north, Mumbai. <laughs> Uh, so it was mostly uh, and Muslim. So Muslim food is uh, quite rich, I would say. <laughs> so it was mostly those uh, dishes from the north, and uh, that's how I started getting into it. And uh, because the other thing is, your uh, pa my parents didn't want me to just be helping my mom. Uh, the next goal would be to get a degree or a diploma in something and to hang it on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so my parents is like, oh, let's, uh, why don't you make this as your career? And uh, I looked up like, the first thing I did was like culinary schools. And for some reason, Australia, William Anglis came up first. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with this one. Wow. Yeah. My parents <laughs> are... <laughs> so my parents actually were, uh, in Dubai there are a few in Saudi as well there were a few my parents were really hoping me to go to America because I have got family there uh, extended family uh, but in the end I was just like no I don't want to stay with family anymore I want to be more independent and do something on my own and then William Agnes it was and do you know anyone here? no no one wow no one that's impressive yeah <laughs> it was good uh, and you know, as I said, like when I took the piloting school, uh, I lost interest uh, over the time. But uh, since I've come here, I was able to get a job in a small bistro on my third day without any experience. Uh, all I said was, "Oh, I work in my mom's kitchen, and I'm uh, looking for a job." <laughs> and the headship was Indian. It was a pretty dodgy space, but it was good. It was my first actual job for three months, I would say, only. Uh, but that was only arriving in Melbourne and on my third day I got a job. Yeah, wow. Which was really good. And, and so then, and then you started William Anglis? Yeah. yeah. So I started William Anglis and then the other job was, I didn't know much about the cash payments and the taxing, you know. So I was getting paid underpaid, to which I thought I'm getting paid a lot. I was getting paid $13 an hour and I was like, wow, this is so much money. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then a friend of mine was like, oh, are you paying tax? And I'm like, what? Because in Saudi, in Saudi and Dubai, we don't have tax. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't even familiar with it. And then for some reason, a job, uh, there was some scouting going on, uh, William Angus, and there was Pancake Parlor. I was like, oh, I do like pancakes. <laughs> and I always had this thing of working in like an American style diner. Yeah. I was like, oh, I could be making pancakes. And I got the pancake job at Pancake Parlor. 
which is still good. I still make really good pancakes. <laughs> I've never been to Pancake Parlor. My partner Charlie is, has been going on about it lately, so I yeah. think we have to go. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. It's good for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did Pancake Parlor for six months, and then at that stage I was still learning, and I didn't know much about fine dining, and all. and then uh, so what William Angus does is it. Yeah, it does. It has to give you. There's one uh, subject where in doing tactical uh, with another restaurant. So a European happened to do a dinner at the restaurant uh, at William Angus, and I was talking to the executive chef at that time, uh, Ian Curley, and he was like, "Oh, do you want a do you want a job?" And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> so I got the job from there uh, as a breakfast chef at uh, European. And then uh, I spent around a year and a half in uh, European just doing. So European is very big. Yes. It might look small, but it has. The, we share the same kitchen. So we have the European kitchen. We have city wine shop kitchen. Uh, then we have Spring Street Grocer. Then we have Signal. We have Supper Club. So it was really good to get all that exposure around. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and then I read that your parents wanted you to work in more of a hotel mm. <laughs> setting. So what happened was, uh, again, it's a very Asian mentality as well. So Asian mentality is that there's no fine dining back home. There is now. But back in the day, all good chefs would be in hotels. So you have the Taj hotels, you have the Obroy hotels and this and that. And when I told them that I work at a One Hat Restaurant European, and they're like, oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but do you work in a hotel? I'm like, no, it's not a hotel, it's just a restaurant. And I sent them a picture of the front door, and they're like, oh, that's so old. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and the building, because it is very old, but it's an institution, right? <laughs> Absolutely, that's right. Uh, and then I was like, oh, uh, I moved around enough and I was like, okay, let's move to uh, another job. And then I started applying and then I I didn't even know that the Windsor Hotel is right next block. Mm. And I was like, oh, cool. So I let me look up a job there and there happened to be. And uh, the executive chef at that time was uh, Joel Anderson. A lovely man. Uh, he gave me a good exposure of the kitchen, and he was doing at that stage. They had a dining room where mm. they would do set menus, but for some reason, when I joined, and literally the week after, they closed it, mm. and then he resigned as well. So I was still at the Hotel Windsor doing room service and bar food. I remember to my memory, but it wasn't. I didn't want to do that, I didn't enjoy it as much because it wasn't as busy and there were so many chefs just doing not much <laughs> uh, because I was working always in a very busy environment and I wanted to keep myself busy so I wasn't having as good time uh, but uh, I was about to design in my head but then uh, literally that way Khan came from Sydney and then the news was oh so the hotel Windsor is opening a new restaurant called Sunda. 
And uh, at that stage, because I was at the hotel for a bit, uh, so I was appointed as like a chaperone to Khan to show him around <laughs> in the hotel if he needs anything or if he... And then me and Khan just got along, I would yeah. say. It was hard in the first place. Uh, we did the tasting together, so he had a big tasting uh, for the owners and the director. And uh, it's that time I realized it was like a light bulb moment for me. I was like, wow, this food looks sick. And this is what I want to do in the future. And then uh, he, yeah, so I was still helping him. So he started off at the hotel uh, while the restaurant was still building. And uh, he was doing all the stocks and menu tasting at the hotel. So I didn't have much to do with that. Uh, but I was just keeping an eye. Uh, I was just saying, okay, I want to do that. But he had his team at that stage already. And then Sunda opened. Uh, he did say that he would take me when it opened, but he thought it's not going to be busy, but they were busy straight off. And then after a week, I got the transfer from the, <laughs> from the hotel. And yeah, it was really good. I started as a demi-chef there, uh, just learning and Again, this was very different exposure to me as well. So in the past, European was good. It was very old school. It was, it was fine dining, but it was not as finesse plating. It was like, oh, you have this beautiful steak. It's gonna get served with a nice pepper sauce, and that's it, and some chips on the side. But over here, it was like, uh, you have this lamb. It needs the lamb jus, it needs the cashew cream, it needs the salt bush, it needs the glaze. So one dish had more than seven to eight components. Wow. Yeah. So it was like, I was like, wow, you're going to put all that on one plate. And it was fabulous. But I wasn't exposed to it, so I was struggling very hard. Uh, but again, as I said, it all comes to the skills. You do it again and again and again and you get better at it. So I would say like the first three to four months were super hard. Uh, just trying to get familiar. It was a very small time team. I remember it was only six of us wow. at that time. Wow. Six and then one part-timer also. But I think it was more about like Khan just pushing me yes. to learn and be better. And he did give me very good guidance and yeah. in terms of how to be better. And then, yeah, from there became CDP, moved around, and then became sous chef, then senior sous chef, hashtag uh, slash head chef. So it was good. So I feel like you've had such great um, opportunities. Yeah. Clearly, you have um, created that for yourself because you have a passion and yeah. you obviously are a hard worker. But I think I really, I've spoken to Ian Curley and to yeah. um, Joel and to Khan and I just feel like they're all great people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So from the band, I think so, I was influenced or I had met the right people to yeah. guide me. Uh-huh. And what do you think, because obviously, you know, as you said, you know, being a pilot just wasn't interesting for you. What do yeah. you, What is it about food and cooking in this space? that keeps you here and you're obviously still excited about it. Yeah, it's the joy it brings to people. It's like, I think I can be very creative on the plate, but then you do it and you think it's good, but it's good for yourself. 
Yeah. And so I think so like the joy or the excitement I see in other people eating my food and giving me feedback, I think so that brings me more joy. And I think like if I was in in the plane I'll be flying from one spot to another spot but it's just not bringing me any joy. Yeah. So it's about like connecting with people and as I said, I'm more of a people's person. <laughs> Is that why you did Ansari at home as well? Yeah. Uh, funny thing that, uh, so we, that pop-up had uh, got me a lot of exposure. And it connected me over the period of time with beautiful people. Mm. And uh, till today, they follow me on Instagram and ask me, oh, when am I doing my duck samosa again? <laughs> 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 oh, when can I have biryani? So I, literally on Sunday, uh, I went to a friend's place and he would, he's a doctor, he would uh, work near St. Vincent and he would come to my pop-up. Uh, and I didn't know him at the time, and, but then he reached out uh, on Instagram and saying, oh, I've been to your pop-up three times already in a week. <laughs> and I love the fish you do. And then I think so the common interest we had was obviously the food but the wines as well yeah <laughs> so and then this we built a good relationship and then he was just like oh i want to have biryani and i was like oh i want to have burgundy wines and then <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i was uh, at his place on sunday we just had some very nice indian barbecue had biryani and some really delicious burgundy wine so it works out in the end. So great. Yeah. yeah. And it's wow. not one. There's like few other people who have been in touch and they're like, oh, we should just catch up and have a cook. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So it's definitely got me a lot of exposure. Not only, yeah, I thought that cooking would be only bringing me exposure to the restaurant industry, but it's like, no, I have doctors, I have finance advisors, nurses, they all just want to go out and now recently a lot of wine suppliers <laughs> so it's been good it's giving me more exposure as well yeah so, yeah i love it yeah so with all that in mind i mean you've been i suppose have you been cooking since 2015 is that yeah, yeah. 2015 that's yeah. right what would your advice be to young people who are thinking of becoming chefs uh, don't lose your passion. <laughs> I think the, the most important part is, yeah, you want to be a chef, but uh, just pushing towards it. Uh, many people do give up. I, I did think once or twice, oh, I can't do this anymore. Uh, but it's more about like challenging yourself uh, and never give up. As Ben Shuri would say, never give up. <laughs> and that's so true. Yeah. Because if you give up, you're just going to lose your passion in cooking. and. It's only because of that certain time you think you're not doing good and you want to give up but if you just keep pushing through it it's the way forward <clears throat> in this industry because uh, one of the other things is like I still think um, I can't be a better chef because many people are already cooking what I'm cooking and that can be challenging but what I was like okay you know what I'm just gonna I'm not going to compete with anyone. I'm going to cook my food and I'm just going to give them a good experience. And if people buy it, they buy it. If they don't, it's fine. There are other good people cooking already. So I think being less competitive makes gives you better progress. Yeah. And don't burn bridges. 
yeah. Many, many chefs do that, and I don't know why. So I think it's like me and Khan are still really good friends. Uh, we are still cooking next week together. We still hang out with each other. Uh, and European, uh, it would be funny. I'll tell you. So we do forget to order things here and there. And when working at uh, Sunda, I would forget to order oysters. <laughs> and then, because I had a good relationship with European, I would li- literally run to European, grab borrow oysters from them, and then use it at Sunda. And next day, return it back. Yeah. So it's the trust we build. And even today, when I go to European, it's like oh, smiling faces, everyone's happy, and you're still having a good time. So. I'd like to think there's a community amongst hospitality people, and I know there is competition, um, and you know it's creative and it's it is yeah, yeah. Like, you know, competitive and so on. So sometimes bridges get burnt, but it's yeah. so much nicer for everyone. Yeah, I mean, food should bring people together. Exactly. It? Yeah. So in the end, uh, that's what I told Carl. Once my menu is done, you all have to come. It's nice. not a choice. <laughs> you have to come <laughs> because it. it tr- it will give me more joy. It will. I'll be nervous for sure, <laughs> but it's something that I want to show and I want to share to them. That, uh, this is one. This it's thanks to you that your guidance and support has even given me this opportunity. Yeah. So if I wouldn't have worked in those places or taken or learned from them, I don't think I would be here. Right. So in the end, it's all connected. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Nabil Ansari at Firebird. You can check out Nabil's food on Instagram at Nabil Ansari, which is N-A-B-I-L-A-N-S-A-R-I, or at Firebird Melbourne, all one word. He's also kicking around on SBS and on YouTube if you want to hear his infectious laugh again. I'm also on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef, and you can read the chat at www.conversationwithachef.com. Do you know how much I would love it if you told a friend about my chats? And of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great day.